Hey everybody, Matt Hardman coming from the mobile studio uh, with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast right here on your home of the plethora of programming known as CKCC Radio. Thank you once again for tuning in. Uh, We got a lot to talk about. We have uh, racing from the heartland, uh, a wet and wild IndyCar race, and so much more to talk about. As always, uh, whenever you hear me in the mobile studio, I am doing this hands-free, of course. Uh, Safety is the number one priority, unless you listen to that crazy mad that crazy mad Russian on YouTube who says safety is the number priority, but whatever. Anyway, um, so we got a, a lot to really divulge on a Kansas race in the IndyCar race. Um, uh, forewarning, I have not fully seen the IndyCar race, all I caught with the results and, you know, a couple of glimpses of highlights um, from a really wet really wild IndyCar race, and um, we'll talk some, uh, talk a little bit of that, talk some uh, NASCAR, obviously with the racing in Kansas, Um, but uh, let's jump into the IndyCar, because this is really, really quick, Um, we have Colton Herta, who won the uh, GMR Grand Prix of Indianapolis. Uh, it's his first win of the season. Um, and uh, what's kind of been an interesting season, this this race kind of saw a lot. Um, Connor Daly picks up his first uh, top five starting position of the season in a race that saw drivers like Alexander Rossi, Jimmy Johnson, Simon Paginot and whatnot missed the uh, the fast ten or whatever, however IndyCar does it. Um, and uh, I wasn't. I don't know. Usually I tune into these IndyCar races, but for some reason I just wasn't feeling it. Um, but uh, you know, it's a it's a great start to um, what culminates. Uh, with the Indianapolis 500, you have all the teams and drivers already out there for that. Then they have all the festivities the next couple of weeks. I believe next this coming weekend is Indianapolis pole qualifying. Usually on Saturday. I believe it's Saturday this year. And then on Sunday you would have bump day. But it doesn't look like we'll have any cars that will be bumped from the field. I think last count is there were 32 cars, and they're trying to get a 33rd ready uh, to make a full field. Uh, it'd be a shame if we don't have a full field of 33 cars, but you know, in today's economy and everything else, sometimes it is a little, a little hard to get that 33rd car, let alone more than 33 to. Um, make up a full field. So, like I said, Colton Herta starts off 
the month of May in Indianapolis uh, with that. And like I said, we've got qualifying, um, bump day. We're going to have a bunch of practices and, you know, carb day, uh, usually on Thursday. You know, a driver's routine is shaking down their cars to the 500s. Then we have the 106th Indianapolis 500 coming Memorial Day weekend, a week from Sunday. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, the Indy 500, uh, there's certain races that, you know, really are um, special to me, in my eyes. Um, Daytona, obviously. Down that window there, so you don't hear too much of the. That uh, I was, was going to say, Daytona is always special to me. Um, Darlington, Bristol, um, those are just NASCAR ones. Eldora, when they would host the truck races, those those were always must see for me. Um, Coke 600, and obviously uh, goes beyond the shadow of a doubt, the Indianapolis 500. The Indianapolis 500 actually goes back prior to me becoming a stock car fan. That was like what I would wait for all year when it came to racing. Um, going back to like me being four or five, um, I, I was a I would always watch it. My father would record it every year. I'm sure somewhere at <coughs> the house I grew up in, there's probably tapes upon tapes of Indianapolis 500s. Uh, I know they're all on. Uh, many of them are on YouTube now, and but uh, the Indy 500 is one of is one of those races that is super amazing. Uh, and the Indy 500 is actually on my bucket list uh, of races um, that I want to go to. Um, you know, I've seen, you know, I, I've been privileged, and I'll probably do it at some point, go through all the races that I've been to and kind of reflect on them. I actually have a list. Uh, it started on a, on a message board of, you know, where we were putting our races that we've been new and winners and um an IndyCar race is something I've never been to even uh when they were held in Pocono and New Hampshire I'd never been to an IndyCar race it's always been on my bucket list and obviously Indianapolis uh yes I've been to the Speedway I've been there for a Brickyard Brickyard 400 back in 2000 um it's actually where I've seen my singular um I rock race, but never seen an IndyCar race, and I figure if I'm going to do an IndyCar race, it's got to be Indianapolis. So that right with North Wilkesboro is at the top of my bucket list. Um, so, yeah. Moving on, uh, staying in the heartland, um, we've got uh, the Kansas Motor Speedway, which is held right outside Kansas City, Kansas not far from there, um, where we would see the, uh, the trucks in the Cup Series compete, 
Uh, we would have the Advent Health 400 for the Cup Series, and um, I forget what the truck race was called, but truck race, uh, we, would, we would see Zane Smith in a runaway race uh, pick up his third win of the season. His third win for um, Front Row Motorsports, and I know for many, many years they were the laughing stock, you know, a team that was just out there, really didn't have much going for it, but um, on the truck side, this is their fourth career win, um, which certainly surpasses their Cup Series totals, which they've been in Cup for a long time, at least 10, 15 years. So, you know, I, I believe Zane Smith has just as many Truck Series wins as the team has Cup Series wins. Uh, and, it, and it certainly brings in thought, maybe Zane Smith could be a dark horse um, over the Toyotas and whatnot uh, in that Truck Series. They could be the, the big uh, giant slayer, not that front row is a smaller team, um, definitely with all the resources between Ford, um, they have a partnership with David Gilliland Racing, uh, in the trucks, uh, just, you know, they're, they're not as well funded, uh, as, you know, we can tell with, with that, so, um, yeah, uh, we got, uh, we got that, and we got, um, got the, the Cup Series, which with the trucks we would see a lot of, oh, sorry I had to turn on my defroster there, or my defogger, uh, so I apologize for that sound. Um, we would see the trucks with some racing where they would get close, you know, kind of take the air off, and a lot of passing, um, just not really, you know, anybody was able to for a long periods of time to keep up with Zane Smith, but we did see a decent truck race. And on the cup side, we would see a lot of craziness, a lot of craziness. Um, and this is, and I guess this is my one big gripe about the new car. Um, and I, I stated this before, um, I like this next gen car, I like the way it races, but when you lose a tire, or you have a tire go down, it seems to be whole heaps of trouble. Um, we would see uh, Joey Logano, uh, last week's winner at Darlington, blow a tire in practice, hit the wall, um, had to go to a backup car. Um, many drivers during the race would have tire problems. Uh, you know, BJ McLeod had a had a tire pop spin in with as much pressure that was in the car with him spinning and popping. Not just the tire that went, but in the spin he popped the other three tires, uh, flattened all four of those that it blew the, uh, the safety roof hatch open on his car, uh, basically parking him for the day. Um, so that was, that was a major issue. A lot of other drivers uh, would spin and pop tires. Um, Kevin Harvick would spin coming off of pit road. Um, 
Chase Elliott would lose a tire, uh, but be able to rebound during the race. Uh, Harvick, you know, you know, he rebounded to finish 16th, but I, I don't know what is going on with Stuart Haas Racing and Kevin Harvick in particular, but they are not their highlight um, for the season so far has been the lone win for the team at Phoenix. Uh, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the driver which had no issues, no, no tire problems, no pit problems, because there were a bunch of those, you know, drivers leaving without equipment or parking in their box or whatever. Um, it was Kurt Busch, the old man, um, the 2004 series champion, picking up his first win of the season and his first win in the 45 car uh, for... Uh, 2311 Motorsports, the Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin-owned team. And this was this was definitely big. Um, Kurt, who was driving the Jordan brand um, Toyota Camry, uh, picks up what was his 34th career win. And the fifth team he has actually driven for <coughs> to victory lane. And I had to do the math. I'm like, really? Has he driven for that many teams that have gone to victory lane? Yes. Uh, he's driven for seven teams in his career. It kind of seems a little odd when you say champion and Daytona 500 winner that this this man is driven for seven teams. You know, part of it uh, did have to do with his younger years and his personality when he was younger. Um, but... You know, he's a very sought-after veteran, and, uh, you know, this is, this is amazing, and, uh, uh, big props to him, uh, beat out Kyle Larson and his younger brother Kyle, um, and definitely, you definitely saw a lot of emotion in Victory Lane, uh, with Denny Hamlin, um, Denny Hamlin, who was actually in tears, um, because, you know, this was something that they worked towards. You know, I know they got the win with Bubba Wallace last year at Talladega in that rain-short race, but this was certainly something, and it certainly validated uh, 23-11, um, you know, because they came into the sport uh, last season. You know, they did get the singular win, but at the same time, Trackhouse uh, came in at the same time, and, and they they already had two wins this season and it's been a it's been a little bit of a harder learning curve and 2311 certainly been under the microscope uh, with just who their ownership is and um, it certainly was cool and um, there was a, a cool little thing that came out um, in the post race with Kurt uh, getting a, a, a special um, Special bonus, I guess you would say, for winning. Um, and, I, and I saw this, and I got to share this, because this is cool. Um, when Kurt came to sign with the team and all, uh, he asked, you know, he had a Michael Jordan rookie card, you know? A asking the boss for an autograph is one thing. Um, but Kurt told him to hold on to that rookie card, and, you know, and... Uh, 
have Michael sign it when he wins. So uh, a little added bonus, not just to the purse, but uh, Kurt Busch is now the proud owner of a autographed Michael Jordan rookie card. And I know that fetches a lot of money. So I, I think that that is really, really awesome. A really cool keepsake. Um, I think probably cooler than the trophy, to be honest. Um, but like I said, Kurt, Kurt's not new to this game. Um, he has 34 career wins. Wins with um, teams like uh, Roush Racing, where he started his career. And won the 2004 championship. Um, with Penske Motorsports, where he replaced uh, my favorite driver, Rusty Wallace. And to be honest, at the time, I wasn't a fan of Kurt Busch. Um, but, you know, it, it took it took me a long time to warm up to him. Um, then when he was released from Penske Racing after a wild diatribe um, on TV to... Dr. Jerry Punch at the season-ending race in 2011. You know, he would go back to go back to his roots, drive for a smaller team like Phoenix Racing, and certainly help that program, James Finch's own team. Uh, would do that for a year before moving and taking the spot at Furniture Row. Um, replacing Regan Smith, who picked up the team's first career win, while Will Kurt didn't um, you know, win a race for them, you know, he, he gave them their first playoff spot and, and put them in a position, uh, because after, uh, Kurt would sign and for 2014 with, uh, Stuart Haas racing as they would go from a two car team to a four car team, um, you know, he would guide them to their first playoff spot and then be replaced by Martin Truex Jr. who eventually would um, help that team win many, many races and a Cup Series championship. So he kind of really did the work and Martin showed off then, you know, obviously Stuart Haas, he won a number of races for them, including uh, the 2018 Dale, uh, Daytona 500, Daytona 500, wow. Uh, Daytona 500, um, then we'll go to Ganassi, um, into the one car, win there, and then when Ganassi would leave the, uh, NASCAR, you know, he would sign with 2311, kind of be a mentor and a leader in that shop, and it certainly paid off uh, for him in his first cup win. Um, so, major props to the driver who used to be called the Outlaw at the time, uh, as he was coming back. And, you know, he's gone through a lot of shit in his career. Um, both of his own making, obviously, with the Jerry Punch situation. And um, at the end of 2004, when he was released from Roush Racing after, uh, after a situation involving a, um, a, a traffic stop. And, uh, yeah, yeah, then... You know, I'm not going to get into the whole Patricia Driscoll situation because uh, that was something to, yeah. I think that's best left alone. You know, I still don't disagree, still don't agree with the punishment. But, um, 
anyway, we would see, um, we would see a lot of craziness. Like I said, a lot of tires, um, and speaking of tires, you know, we can't really talk, uh, about the tire situation without, and, um, Kansas without talking about, uh, Eric Jones, Eric Jones, who, um, was having, he's been having really good runs. And if it wasn't for bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. Um, Eric, poor Eric Jones on a pit stop. They were not able to get the right rear off the car. The lug would not come loose. Uh, they spent 10 minutes on pit road trying to get this lug off uh, with breaker bars. Um, just about everything. If you've ever tried to take a tire off your car and it doesn't want to come off, um, sometimes you hit it with a mallet, hit it with a hammer, you know, just trying to pop the, uh, the tire loose, you know, so you get it off the studs, you know, or like, cause I, you know, I had to get my brakes changed the other day. We had to, um, heat up the, uh, the wheel and everything else to try to get the tire off, uh, to get the wheel off. And, um, they tried everything. Finally had to get a, a giant tool to really, pretty much they had to saw into the lug, uh, the singular lug, and, and get this off. And I know, like I said, there there's a lot of stuff that they're still learning about this new car. Um, the fact that this bigger wheel and the single lug, I know that's... That's something that they're working on. And whether I like it or hate it, it's going to be around forever. Um, but this this was a this was a situation where it was horrible. And, it, and you felt bad for that 43 team. They've been working really hard on this. Um, just to have this shit luck. And it it's just been... <coughs> it, it, it was one of those things that I don't think I've ever seen. You know, I was listening to MRN at the time, um, and they'd never seen anything like it. It was just horrendous, and just the fact that, you know, you have something like this happen, you know, it's something, it's bad enough when, when these tires go flat, there is no inner liner in the tire because of the size of the wheel, um, that they, that they don't run an inner liner. Uh, like they have in the past. Um, that as soon as these go flat, you're you're like a turtle upside down. You ain't going anywhere. Um, but now it's compounded with stuff like the lug, and I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any way to fix it. Um, I'm sure NASCAR is looking into this and really back to the drawing board on something like this, you know, trying to figure out answers. I'm sure that they took the wheel and the lug and probably the entire wheel assembly over to, uh, the, um, the NASCAR, uh, um, technology center, I guess you could call it. I'm trying to think of the actual name. And look into it and look into ways that they can fix situations like this. So, um, we had some drag racing this weekend. Um, props to John Force Racing, which, 
uh, takes home the Wallies in the uh, top field division and in the um, funny car division. Brittany Force, uh, John's uh, daughter that runs in the uh, top field division, took home a Wally there, beating out, I believe it was Steve Torrance. And Robert Height, John's son-in-law, uh, picking up uh, a Wally in the funny car division. Um, so that's starting to get good. It's good to see uh, John Force racing kind of rebound there. Uh, so I was excited for that. Um, like I said, next next race for IndyCar is the Indianapolis 500. Uh, next race for NASCAR. Uh, all three divisions will be competing this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, as Texas will host the All-Star Race next Sunday night. So Friday night you're going to have the trucks. Saturday you're going to have the Xfinity Series. And then the Cup Series. And from there they're going to move on to... Uh, Charlotte, where once again you have all three series competing, uh, culminating with the Coca-Cola World 600. Um, so we'll look forward to that. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's been a week. It's been a week. Um, I'm sure it's felt like a week and a half to just on pit road for Eric Jones. Like I said, we'll, we're going to be having the fan vote pretty soon, um, and I and I'll get to, and I'm going to talk about that real quick. Uh, the fan vote, where fans vote in who they want to uh, be in the All Star race, kind of like how you have All Star voting for other sports. I remember many times being able to vote for the baseball All Star game. Um, you're voting in drivers who haven't won this season um and uh for many years it's been a popularity contest i know one year danica won it uh bubba wallace um casey kane you know drivers who just haven't been in and and it kind of becomes a popularity contest much like any all-star game voting Shit, um, Jose Canseco got voted into an all-star game, and he was on the DL. <laughs> the only reason why I remember that is because I listened to um, a, a podcast called Crime and Sports, and they had a whole three-hour episode on Jose Canseco, and uh, it was it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. It was some stuff I totally forgot about. They've also done ones on Gary Ballou and Jeremy Mayfield for you racing fans. Um, and I know they did a Patreon episode just on L.W. Wright, who we've talked about on this show before. Uh, so with that said, you know, my, I think if I were hard pressed to vote for somebody for the all-star race, like I said, the drivers who have won from last season, you know, right around the Coke 600 through now. Um, get, you know, automatically get buys to get in. I believe previous all-star winners are still part of that and previous champions. So, you know, while Kevin Harvick hasn't won a race, you know, he would theoretically be locked in as a, um, not only a previous winner of the all-star race, but also a, um, former cup series champion, you know, Martin Truex will be in the Bush brothers, Chase Briscoe, uh, 
all four of the Hendrick drivers, um, Bubba Wallace, uh, he'll be in after his win at Talladega last year, Denny Hamlin. I think all the Joe Gibbs drivers, um, maybe not Christopher Bell, but um, three of the four there. Um, Brad Keselowski, I believe, will be in because I believe Brad is a, not only a former champion, but I believe he is an all-star race winner. Uh, but, you know, guys like Christopher Busher would have to race their way in through um, the the sprint in the shootout. Um, usually winner of the sprint goes in, then they have a shootout of all the drivers that are left. Um, they'll go in, but um, I think w the guy who I would vote for for the all-star the all-star fan vote would have to be the, probably the most deserving out of all the drivers in my eyes <coughs> based on how they've run this season. <clears throat> now, um, you know, and just either had really bad luck or just, you know, hasn't been able to close the deal. Um, but I think I would go with an Eric Amarola. Uh, Eric, it's his final uh, full-time Cup Series season, and he started off the year really, really strong um, with multiple top tens in multiple races. So um, with that said, uh, that would be who I'd vote for. Uh, who would you vote for? Let me know um, in the comments. And... Uh, you can either email or you can um, message uh, Race Nerd Podcast on Facebook. And until then, I'm Matt Hardman, and I'll see you at the track.